A long-awaited national intelligence report on UFOs has been leaked to the New York Times. Meanwhile, Pentagon confirmation of an underwater UFO sighting has given rise to new speculation about undersea alien bases. I'll be reviewing what we know about that upcoming DNI report and the way the conversation about UFOs is beginning to shift into the oceans. Stay tuned for a timely episode of the Spectral Skull Session. You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session. Tales from the twilight world of myth, mystery, and imagination. The idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult, supernatural, and paranormal from an analytical standpoint. We're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses, and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that, whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started. Do you ever have this problem? You're getting ready for a long walk in the woods and you want to roll a spliff of smokable herb. You've got your herb in the bathroom, you're rooting around in your toiletries kit for medical scissors so you can chop it up nice and fine. But then you have to go get a plate from the kitchen. When you're all done, it's a mess. You've got herbs all over the bathroom. Your hands smell like herb. You've got to wash all this stuff and put it back. It takes forever to get out the door. You're not vibing. you got to light that spliff up before you can feel at peace. Ugh. Luckily, Happy Trees has a solution. A premium-grade stash box from Happy Trees. That's happytreesupplies.com. Happy Tree sells a convenient lockable stash box. It comes with a four-piece titanium grinder that will give you the smooth grind you've been looking for. The 50 diamond cut teeth grinds your herb to the perfect size for cones and rolls. The neodymium magnets keep the lid on tight while you grind. There's also a stash jar which will protect your herb from damaging UV rays and keep moisture in so your stash stays fresh. The airtight seal helps keep smells inside so you can save them for yourself. There's also a metal rolling tray so you can save every precious bud. And everything fits snugly into the box. Plus it has a key so your nosy roommate or your little brother isn't poking around in your stash. They come in three varieties. There's the Metatron's Cube themed box that has Metatron's Cube etched on the box and every accessory. Metatron's Cube is a sacred image associated with the angel who translates the directives of God into a form comprehensible to humans. This is according to the Kabbalah. There's also a Desert Visions themed box. It has colorful desert scenes painted onto the accessories. And for those of you who prefer plain, there's a box made of bamboo that is just adorable. I have my own Happy Tree stash box. Yes, I use it to hold my stash. I absolutely love it. These boxes range from $38.90 to $28.90 on the website happytreesupplies.com, but now Happy Trees is offering a special deal to anyone who listens to this show. Use the coupon code SPECTRAL20 for a 20% discount. 
What are you waiting for? Skip the mess, get organized, and preserve your stash from degrading ultraviolet light and snoopy little thieves who try to make off with your herb. Check out happytreesupplies.com. That's happytreesupplies.com. Welcome back. On Friday, the New York Times published an article titled, Government Report Finds No Evidence UFOs Were Alien Spacecraft. UFO Twitter was immediately abuzz with complaints that the article was poorly titled and that the title had actually been changed by the New York Times to make it more of a downer about UFOs and the alien hypothesis. For once, I am in agreement with UFO Twitter uh, because it sounds like the gist of what the New York Times is saying about the report is that we can't rule anything out. The New York Times is saying the deadline for official release of this report to the Senate Select Intelligence Committee is now June 25th, 2021. The report will say that the U.S. Office of Naval Intelligence and other intelligence gathering institutions have looked at uh, 120 incidents over the past 20 years, incidents of military engagement with UFOs. They found that these incidents could not be explained by the U.S. military's technologies, and therefore they could not rule out the possibility of foreign adversaries having acquired advanced technology, nor could they rule out the possibility of aliens. The report will state that the U.S. intelligence community is baffled by three features of these unidentified flying objects. One, their ability to accelerate. Two, their ability to change direction. And three, to submerge. The article did say that the balloon hypothesis is being ruled out by national intelligence. Apparently, the balloon hypothesis, which posits that U.S. military is engaging with, sorry, radar spoofing technology that's being sent up by uh, foreign adversaries. That is unlikely because these objects move contrary to the wind. In many documented cases, they move opposite the direction of the wind, which would suggest they're not balloons. One particularly tantalizing detail, in 2014, a super hornet nearly collided with one of these UFOs, forcing the pilot to file a mishap report. And speaking to the New York Times about his own encounter with a UFO was Lieutenant Ryan Graves, who is himself a pilot of an F-A-18 Super Hornet. And he remarked that seeing the capabilities that these craft were capable of, they would have thought they would only be able to stay in the sky for about an hour. And yet these things were able to maneuver for up to 12 hours. Speaking about the report, one U.S. intelligence official said that without hesitation, the U.S. officials knew this was not American technology, and there is worry among intelligence and military officials that China or Russia could be experimenting with hypersonic technology. So to summarize what's happening here, the New York Times got their hand on this report ahead of time. In their opinion, the report is going to say that we can't rule anything out. These UFOs could be extraterrestrial craft, but they still could potentially be China or Russia. And there is some faction within the military and intelligence communities. Uh, some faction is very concerned about those latter two possibilities. 
to move away from reporting and into analysis, it does seem to me that we're seeing a consistent trilemma being presented to us by people who are in the know. And that trilemma is aliens, Russia, China. It's one of the three. Now, I've argued against this trilemmic framework in uh, episode 23, Sino Wunderwaffen, or Breakaway Civilization, where I first of all attacked the Russian hypothesis, pointing out that uh, Russian hypersonic technology is apparently in its infancy, as highly unreliable as the Russians have in one instance actually killed their own research team attempting to develop a new missile. And there are other possibilities besides the extraterrestrial hypothesis. I think there's breakaway civilization, that there are advanced humans that are operating independently of any established power. It's also possible that there's a terrestrial-born race that is non-human, but living in the oceans. In episodes 26 and 28, I talked about the Irish myth of the good people and how the Irish and all the Celts really have this story about a race that's like us, but um, just doesn't really want anything to do with us, and uh, their myth of the fairy departure, that these people have moved away because there's too much human civilization. This could be evidence in support of the breakaway civilization hypothesis, some humanoid race that coexists with us and has been trying to stay out of our way. Perhaps as we advance technologically, they withdraw, first moving to remote mountainous locations, and then as humans developed airplanes and locomotives and cars, they decided it was time to vamoose, move entirely to the oceans. And in all fairness, I think we should also remember that many UFOologists that I respect, especially Jacques Vallée, endorse the ultra-terrestrial hypothesis. According to the ultra-terrestrial hypothesis, these things aren't physically real at all. They are able to physically manifest, but um, ultimately they reside in another dimension or perhaps they're spiritual in nature. And uh, so they're not the kind of thing you would ordinarily call an alien. However, we can logically organize the space of possibilities into two categories. It's either the product of a conventional human civilization that we know of, or it's the product of some other kind of civilization that we're not familiar with yet. An occult civilization, one that is hidden from us. And so aliens, terrestrial non-humans, human breakaway civilizations, these can all be grouped together under the occult possibility. All right, and we'll group um, the spiritual possibility under that category as well. So in support of the occult possibility, let's talk about something that happened on May 15th, 2021. Tom Rogan, reporter for the Washington Examiner, who's long been covering UFOs, he went on the Tucker Carlson show and he discussed the growing attention, unidentified submerged objects. He trotted out the alleged existence of these objects in response to Tucker Carlson asking, how do we know that these UFOs aren't human? Let's roll that clip. In the coming months and, and years, an area which we will learn more about uh, is the interaction of US Navy submarines, nuclear uh, ballistic missile submarines and attack submarines, um, picking up sonar contact of things moving 
um, at hundreds of knots under the water. Um, and so there is a undersea dimension to this uh, that the Navy has sort of pushed off to the side as the pilots uh, talk more about their experiences. So, so there's a lot more to come out, I think, is, is the best way to put it. These things are being documented moving impossibly fast under the water as well as in the air. And this can be turned into a larger point about why the hypersonic, uh, hypersonic adversary hypothesis that these things are product of hypersonic experimentation by Russia or China, why that theory is probably bogus. And the reason is that we're not just seeing these things move faster than any of ARC aircraft can move. They're doing a lot of things that our aircraft can't do. They maneuver in ways that they can't maneuver. And also, they smoothly transition from air to water and then move very, very quickly under the water. So we're not just talking about one next generation technological leap, the leap to an engine that can accelerate you to very high speeds. We're talking about multiple mind-breaking kinds of technological leaps forward. And that suggests that we need to take the occult possibility seriously, that we're looking at aliens or a breakaway civilization or a terrestrial race that cohabits the planet with us. Within the past 24 hours, The Sun has broken an article interviewing Gary Heseltine. He is vice president of ICER, which stands for the International Committee for Extraterrestrial Research, an NGO that is working towards UN special consultative status. And Gary Heseltine told The Sun that he believes there are likely underwater alien bases. Heseltine said, quote, UFOs are often seen coming in and out of water, so suspect that in our deepest oceans and trenches, we may well have alien bases. That sounds crazy, but if you think about it, we only know 5% of the ocean. We know more about the surface of the moon or Mars than our own oceans, so that would seem to me to be why UFOs are seen regularly coming in and out of the water. End quote. Indeed. I concur with Mr. Heseltine. If you are an advanced race, whether alien or terrestrial in origin, and you want to avoid being seen by humans, your best bet would be to hide in the oceans. He also told The Sun, quote, There's a massive correlation between UFOs being seen near nuclear facilities, whether it's nuclear aircraft, carriers, nuclear submarines, nuclear weapon storage areas, or power plants. This would seem to indicate it's as if they're saying, we don't like nuclear weapons, so they show up. End quote. Uh, a little concerned about the reasoning that Mr. Heseltine is showing there, um, because he said, they seem to be saying we don't like nuclear weapons, but they show up for all kinds of nuclear technology. They don't just show up for the weapons, they also show up for basically any kind of engine power generating device that's nuclear powered. Well, we have power plants that are perfectly peaceful. And furthermore, why does their showing up indicate that they don't like this technology? I would think the opposite. Uh, when flies buzz around something, it's because they are interested in it. Presumably the same thing would be the case with UFOs or whatever these craft need to be called now. Um, they're buzzing around our nuclear technology because they're interested in it. Maybe they're thinking, oh, hey, we thought these guys weren't very impressive, 
But now that they've got nuclear technology, maybe we need to reconsider what they're capable of. And so they're they're looking to see, oh, do we really have a handle on what this new technology, this new device is? Maybe they're just scouting out a potential adversary and they're thinking, oh, what if this is uh, an enemy we have to worry about in the future and evaluating the extent of our capabilities? Or what if they draw energy from radioactive sources themselves and they're attracted to it because they think there's some way they could uh, power themselves off of our own nuclear tech. So I think there's a lot of possibilities. When you start to speculate about what the intentions of these things are or what their motivations are, you tend to project your own biases, your own worldview onto the phenomena, which is one of the things I think we need to be really worried about. As this goes forward, these things become more and more prevalent and undeniable to mainstream society. There will be this overwhelming temptation among certain people to project an interpretation onto them and to go beyond the data to say, oh, here's what's happening. And as I've said before, there'll be charlatans who come forward to tell you they're the guys who can do that interpretation for you because they have some kind of special knowledge about the craft that the rest of us don't have. Maybe they're in communication with the craft or they're one of the aliens or something like that's going to happen. And by the way, this is a good time for me to transition into PSYOP report part of the show. I like to talk about the connections between reporting and counterintelligence activities being deployed, potentially deployed against the public. To what extent is manipulation an ongoing part of UFO reporting? And just want to point out here, why leak a report that's due in less than a month? I mean, re- leaking happens all the time with all sorts of reports, not just UFO reports. All kinds of classified information is always getting leaked. And what's happening there will often allow a wide variety of motives. But one thing that needs to be emphasized, when you drop this report, you drop it to the New York Times, they certainly didn't drop it to an independent journalist or even podcaster. It's not like Joe Rogan was the first person to read this report or Glenn Greenwald. It was the corporate media. And so this kind of leak strengthens institutional powers. Uh, The New York Times has shown its willingness to relay misinformation or disinformation in the past with the uh, situation involving the buildup to the Iraq war. The New York Times was highly credulous in reporting things that were coming out of certain areas of the intelligence community and the military. Allowing the public's first exposure to this report to basically be the opinion of some New York Times reporter who got his hands on it before the rest of us and got to read it strengthens that reporter in some ways, right? Because it it gives him a scoop over independent journalists. It also makes him more dependent on some deep throat type source within the Pentagon because he's gaining position of prestige and power at the cost of developing a relationship with a Pentagon source, somebody who he now, you know, owes a favor to, will be more likely to trust in the future. That kind of thing allows the intelligence community to have leverage over mainstream media, which is exactly why you need to listen to non-mainstream media like this show to get uh, the broader analysis 
We don't have the resources to always to do the reporting. But you see that the New York Times doesn't have the resources either, right? They're just being hand-fed stuff by the intelligence community. And so this is not a phenomenon in any way unique to UFOs, but it's something that generally needs to be observed that leaking is a tool for the intelligence community to control the media. And that's why corporate media, mainstream media, the people who play ball with the government and get to scoop the rest of us on the big stories are also in league with the government. They won't continue to get those stories leaked to them if they report in a way that the officials doing the leaking don't like, right? They have to cultivate their sources and do favors for their sources and stay on their sources good side. And so always be skeptical of this stuff. In the case of this New York Times article, uh, they talk about what the report says, and then they pivot to this discussion of hypersonics and saying there's some in the military community who are worried about hypersonics. Then they have a full paragraph about how Russia's investing in hypersonics. It sounds to me like the person who leaked this report uh, to the New York Times is probably in the hypersonic community. Is uh, somebody in the military or intelligence field who uh, wants us to invest more in hypersonic technology here in the U.S., maybe his or her agenda. In any event, you know, we've got to wait until the end of the month now to read that report. I do think there's going to be a lot of value in reading the report for ourselves. And uh, indeed, one of the reasons, I guess I didn't mention before, should have mentioned, another reason to leak a report is people will pay way less attention to the actual content of the report when it comes out. So people will say, oh, this is old news. We already heard about this. New York Times told us all about it. But um, I'm going to read the thing for myself cover to cover, and I will let you know what details I find that you didn't hear from the New York Times. Until next time, I've been Dane. Stay strange and stay sane.